How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 307 of x Lapsed, which uh, might just be one of those uh, blink-and-you-miss-it episodes because, um, well, it's Wolverine Day, and, uh, you know, whether or not we like an issue of Wolverine, um, it's usually guaranteed to be fairly unmemorable, <laughs> and this issue is um, is no different. Um, it, it's not a bad issue. I actually quite enjoyed it, too. You know, you know, bury the lead here. I did enjoy this issue. There's just not a whole lot to say about it, which might be my most common, not so much complaint, maybe observation about uh, any comic called Wolverine. But uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. This is the, uh, I, I guess we'd call it the season finale of Wolverine Volume 7 before it either comes back as itself or as the next volume. Uh, we'll see when we get there. Let's get to it. Wolverine, Volume 7, Number 19, had a February 2022 cover date and a legacy number of 361. Our story is called The Old Mutant and the Sea, which it took me several takes to say because I kept trying to say The Old Mutant in the Sea. Kind of that uh, sex and the city, sex in the city thing. You know, I was just getting it wrong. Um, now, this is a reference, of course, to, I want to say, Ernest Hemingway. Uh, the old man in the sea? I, I think it was Hemingway. We'll say it's Hemingway for now until we find out otherwise. Written by Benjamin Percy with art by Javi Fernandez. Colors Matthew Wilson. Letters VCs Corey Petit. Designs Tom Muller. Head of X's Hickman. Edits Baumgartner. Basso White. Sabolski. Cover price four bucks. This one went on sale on, on a Festivus Eve, uh, December 22nd of 2021. Now, um, we'll talk about the cover in a little bit, but the cover is... I love this cover. This is a super cool cover, but uh, let's get into the book. We'll talk about the cover in a little bit. We open with Wolverine giving us the, uh, well, the old, you know, hey, Krakow is great, but it's making us all weak. You know, that spiel that he he gives us every once in a while. I think he first gave it to us way back in the beginning of, it wasn't even Wolverine number one. I think it was X-Force number one, where he and Beast were hunting for like a boar or something. And uh, they were arguing about the merits of Krakoa and uh, whether or not it made mutants too comfortable. So yeah, we, we get more of that while Wolverine is tracking an odd-looking deer amid the, the jungles and the trees here. Now, he also tells us a story about how swimmers have been going missing of late. Something has been killing them. You see, on the beaches, dead bodies would wash up, sometimes just body parts. Now, this takes us to our double-page spread of Roll Call and Cred. Our character is Wolverine. He's uh, all we're going to see here. So I guess we could say this is a mostly blank double-page spread of Roll Call and Cred. Huh. Info page. Now, this is Sage's logbook regarding the no place. Now, 
The no place, of course, are the biomes on Krakoa that Krakoa itself cannot monitor. And uh, we did see very recently in Inferno number three that there is a uh, there is a workaround. <laughs> Doug and Warlock are monitoring uh, at least one of the no places. But at least as of this reading, um, nobody else knows. Nobody else knows that they can do it. Uh, I don't know what happens in Inferno number four. We will find out a few episodes down the line. Now, in addition to biomes, there are also tumors. Now, we saw evidence of these in a uh, issue of X-Force from, like, almost a year ago, I think. It was a long time ago we saw tumors. And uh, the tumor, this tumor, ate a whale, which might just be what Wolverine's getting ready to fight this issue. Okay, it totally is the whale that he's going to be fighting this issue. Let's get back to comics, and we're still setting up our story. Now, um, do you remember... Not too long ago, that 85-part story where Wolverine fought Seaver, Blackmore, and Solemn. That thing that would just, like, never end. Well, at the end of it, he stole Saver's boat in order to replace the sunken Marauder. But Emma Frost thought it was too ugly for her crew. So, um, Percy here, he doesn't show Emma. He just mentions her and quotes her. So I guess his Emma bonus check will be a little bit light this month. That's all good, though. Because Logan's going to keep the boat for himself because he's got some deep-sea hunting to do for that Leviathan, of course. And now I had to check because I couldn't remember just how long ago we first saw this Lovecraftian horror monster whale. And, well, it was all the way back in X-Force number 16, which came out in January of 2021. So over a year ago, and we're just now getting back to it. And, okay, you know... I guess this is the kind of story you might slip into your back pocket for a rainy day. Or for when, like, the the driving force of the line, the head of X, decides to hightail it out of Dodge and causes everyone else to scramble in order just to keep the lights on while not advancing any of the stories too much at the risk of spoiling any of their high-concept genius vision. Anyway... Uh, Wolverine takes that deer carcass that he'd hunted, and he drops it into the sea in an attempt to lure this monster out of the depths. And he even drizzles some of his own blood into the drink, but that only manages to summon a shark. Then, finally, the reel that he has the carcass attached to starts whirring something fierce, and our hero knows that he's got the bite he's been after. Now, it's worth noting here, the art is... Uh, I... I, I don't I don't often use the word fabulous, but it is. <laughs> it's very, very good all throughout this issue. Um, think of it is, the colors are a little bit muted and perhaps even a bit muddy. But for the tone of the story that we're getting here, it works just so well. You know, I would compare it to I would compare it to like the muted tones of like an early vertigo book. Like it's a uh, it's it's something that won't work on every book. But it works here, and it works on those books as well. Just the, the, the mood and the tone are... It works. Just trust me on it. Uh, we even get a two-page splash of this amazing beast rising out of the sea, which really gives us like the sheer scope of exactly the sort of battle that Wolverine has just uh, sought out. Now, this critter absolutely dwarfs Wolverine's pirate ship. I mean, the ship barely even registers as a thing next to the gargantuan frame of this. And it also gives us this awesome sense of isolation, because this two-page spread, we see the horizon. There's literally nothing there. So Wolverine is in the middle of nowhere. There is nothing nearby. I can't impress upon you all enough. The art here is truly something special. And it only gets better from here. 
Now you see, while this ship is nothing more than a toy next to the Leviathan, it still manages to catch its attention. And so we get a couple of pages of the whale absolutely destroying it. Now, the whale is heavily mutated, as evidenced by the cover of the issue. And again, the cover... This is such a cool cover. If you haven't seen the cover here... I don't know if this one had, like, Skate 800 variants, but uh, if you do want this book, try to get the regular cover here. It's just... The the focus is on this giant whale just coming up from the bottom of the cover, and Wolverine is just a tiny little thing swimming on the uh, on like the edge of the water. It's 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 really really great, and I'm probably doing it absolutely no service here. But if you haven't seen the cover, um, the whale instead of having a tongue, it's got like an endless amount of tentacles in its maw. You know, instead of a tongue here, and they make short work of the pirate ship. And again, uh, the art here, it's just, it, the art's so strong that you can almost feel the impact. And, and I mean, I don't say that lightly, I don't often get lost in art, but this really, really works. Um, it's very, it's such an odd juxtaposition between like the muted colors and just the the high impact of the action. It's it's something special. Now this leaves Wolverine bobbing on the in the surf on a small piece of the wreckage. And at this point, he waits for night to fall. And then he helmets up and prepares to head to the Leviathan's home turf, you know, the deep dark sea, for a rematch. Now, as he dives, he recalls a time where he was trapped underwater for an extended period of time. And he was trapped, like, just barely offshore. So he was kind of at the mercy of the tide. And he repeatedly drowned. Like, you know, he would drown. Then the tide would ebb. You know, the tide would go out. And he'd recover. Then, since he was trapped, he couldn't go anywhere, the tide would come back in, and he would drown again. And this happened over and over again until he was rescued. Anyway, from here, he uh, dips into the drink and confronts the Leviathan and kills it. He swims into its maw, unpins a grenade, and then escapes through the blowhole just as it goes boom. We wrap up the issue with Wolverine himself washing up on the Krakoan beach, but, you know, alive. This takes us to a mostly blank quote page where Wolverine says that he can be destroyed, but he can never be defeated. And that is where we end it. We do get the hype page here, and it's a it's a conversational hype piece. And it's four lines, and uh, the first one is, Can I be on X-Force now? No. How about now? No. Wolverine, April 2022. And this is clearly a conversation between Wolverine and Deadpool, which I'm looking forward to seeing play out. Now, just as with X-Force... Wolverine appears to be continuing, though, just like X-Force, I can't say whether or not it'll be the same volume or a new volume. So, come April, May, we might be reading Wolverine number 20, or Wolverine volume 8, number 1. And I guess we'll be finding that all out pretty soon, as April solicits, I mean, we're in the second week of February, so the solicits for April should be, relatively speaking, just around the corner. And of course, you all know me by now. I'm hoping that uh, we do get a continuation of the numbering here. And uh, as a matter of fact, with Hickman out of the way, I hope we go back to having legacy numbers on all the X-Books, because uh, I know they put a legacy number on his first issue of X-Men, and he was quite annoyed about that, because, by God, he continues no man's legacy. This is his own thing, and uh, yada, yada, yada. Hopefully with him out of the way, we can go back to, uh, uh, you know, appreciating the legacy of these titles. But I guess we will see. So, what do we have to say about this issue? Um, not much. Uh, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought this was, um, I, I mean, it felt very much like an inventory story. 
It was definitely a... I hesitate to use the word filler because, I mean, it is paying off something that uh, was introduced not too long ago. This isn't just a a one-off with a, you know, a force of nature out of nowhere. I mean, it had precedent. It was introduced, you know, about a year ago. So it is, relatively speaking, uh, relevant, right? I mean, we are paying off something that we just... Not just, but we we learned about not too long ago. This isn't a uh, Larry Hama special where it's just like, uh, hey, we we got to kill a month or two of Wolverine, so... Have him fight ninjas, or robots, or aliens, you know, it wasn't like that, but it still had that inventory feel to it. But I thought it was pretty good, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I know uh, Wolverine's internal monologue might be a little hit or miss for some, especially as it pertains to his, um, the insistence that he's got, like, this warrior spirit. I mean, like, who thinks about <laughs> that over and over again? It seems like Wolverine has kind of a one-track mind from time to time where it's just talking about his own abilities and his own coolness. But again, that is something that has been established time and again in solo Wolverine stories, so it's not like we can really hold it against it. We could just choose whether or not we enjoy it. And for me, it's, uh, I guess it's equally hit or miss. You know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's a little precious. Uh, here, I think it was pretty good, though. Especially when we take into consideration that Wolverine, like, literally is in the middle of nowhere. And he's all by himself, and he's trying to psych himself into this fight. He might be trying to keep himself sane, or uh, at least stable, to, uh, to, you know, to do the thing that he's there to do. So it might stand to reason that he would, you know, he would, this would be a very introspective time, right? He only has himself to talk to, and only has himself to reminisce with. So it's better than... Like Wolverine tearing through five dozen ninjas while having an internal monologue about how cool and how strong he is. Here, I feel like it makes a little bit more sense. It feels a little bit more natural, while also providing us with a little bit of insight as to, you know, just what's going through his mind as he prepares for this uh, monstrous horror of a threat. And of course, speaking of monstrous horror, um, the art here is wonderful. Uh, the art here just... It, yeah, I, I don't want to say it carries the story, because I think the story is fine in and of itself, but um, it certainly adds to the package here. Um, you know, I love... Uh, which Qbert is it that's on Wolverine? Is it Andy? I think it's... An- no, is it Adam? I, one of the Qberts. <laughs> Whichever Qbert is on here. I like him a lot. Uh, Victor Bogdanovic, who did, uh, like, the first, you know, few issues of this book, I like him a lot, too, but I feel like uh, the art we got here from Fernandez was more suited to this sort of a story than, than a Kubert or a Bogdanovic or whoever, really. Um, Javi Fernandez knocked this one out of the park, just absolutely murdered the assignment, and uh, gave us something very, very special in what was otherwise, arguably, just an inventory story to kill some time. So yeah, I think that's about all I got to say about the issue. Um, I think it's well worth your time. Uh, even, even if you have no interest in Wolverine or Percy, uh, the art here is... Something special, and it's not often where I'll recommend something purely on the art, but uh, I feel like uh, this one, this one's up there. This one you might want to check out. It's really, really well done. But um, I think that's about all I have to say about the issue. I'm looking forward to whatever is coming next year. Uh, big fan of Deadpool, so it's uh, it's always neat to have him cross paths with uh, Wolverine or just with the X characters at all. Um, don't know if we'll get a new Deadpool series. You know, Deadpool is actually seriesless right now, um, outside of the the Black, White, and Blood, which I think I think just wrapped up or wrapped up last month because I think we're on to Elektra, Black, White, and Blood. So, yeah, Deadpool might not actually have a uh, an ongoing home at this point. 
Maybe that'll change in the coming months. Maybe we'll have a big announcement pretty soon. I guess we will uh, We will wait and see. But uh, I think that's all we've got for the analysis portion of the program. Uh, how about we hop into the mailbag here? We're going to kick things off with uh, our friend Evan, who's still working his way through X-Men Unlimited. Now, this is his discussion on issues 8 and 9, or chapters 8 and 9, I guess. And he says, okay... So it's not just me that thought Nature Girl's hellalicious new look seemed familiar. Maybe that's the explanation for this series. And yeah, this is at the point where um, when Nature Girl kind of uh, mutated into something that looks like Hela from the Thor books. Which is one of the things in that story that I feel like Duggan had in mind and then wrote backwards to get to. <laughs> like I think he wanted to, okay, we're going to change the look, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. How do we get there? And what we got was a really, really awful story. Uh, Evan continues, I want to believe that the weird combination of Nature Girl, Sauron, and Curse is some, some kind of twisted 21st century planeteers, and it's intended for comedic purposes or some sort of left-field twist or something, but so far I don't know what it could be. I'm not sure the goal of the story since the good guys have crossed several lines and their victims are portrayed as more as ignorant boobs instead of flawed people. And Evan includes a quote from, uh, I think, the first of the ignorant boobs to be killed, the one who worked at a, as a clerk in Las Vegas, who's, who, had the, uh, <laughs> who had the misfortune of being an innocent idiot who happened to work at a store whose bag choked a sea turtle. The plastic bag choked a sea turtle. Hey, maybe Wolverine should have just taken like a whole like whole bailful of uh, of plastic shopping bags on his pirate ship to to get rid of that Leviathan. Hmm. But uh, the quote that Evan uses here is from that first guy, and he he complains that he died before his bowling tournament. Which, if we translate that from elitist writer uh, to English, I think it just means that this guy's an ignorant idiot who doesn't deserve any sort of compassion or anything like that. Because, as you know, we sophisticates, uh, we never, we never go bowling. Uh, Evan continues, But I have to confess, your suffering through it makes for fun listening. You saying that Black Mamba looks like every woman Wolverine's ever had a one-night stand with caused me to laugh very loud. Well, thank you so much, Evan. And yes, Black Mamba looks like any woman that Wolverine's had, uh, you know, an affair with or who has gone out with. I thought it was Viper for a second. It's really, really lazy. She looks exactly like anybody you'd expect Wolverine to cross paths with. And I'm also happy that uh, my suffering is, is making for some entertaining listening because when I'm covering a story like that, I, I could not imagine anybody having a good time listening to me complain about it. Like, I know there's a whole cottage industry of, like, videos where people are complaining about things, and people like to watch those for the uh, comedic value, perhaps or the editing skill of the video, maybe the facial reactions of the person doing the uh, the review. It's kind of hard to do in an audio-only format, so I, I feel like any charm that that sort of genre, <laughs> the negative review might have, is lost on a on, in the podcasting medium. And so I worry that it'll just be people listening to a grown man having a temper tantrum <laughs> on the air, but... Uh, Thankfully, yeah, it's not always the case. I'm sure it is sometimes, but um, maybe not all the time, which is which is fine by me. But uh, thank you so much for uh, for following along with the X Men Green storyline, Evan. Not many people did, as uh, as I've said before, and I'll say again, when I you know pop the question about like what people thought about X Men Green, because as I've said before, when I come across as like really really negative toward a story, I will. You know, look for other opinions. I will uh, try to see what other people think about it. And 
When I asked, you know, every social media avenue that I have, which, I mean, <laughs> my social circle and my sphere of influence is very, very small, but still, I reached out and said, hey, what are your thoughts on X-Men Green? And the number one reply was, what's X-Men Green? So it's great to get any and all feedback on X-Men Green here, whether you agree with me, whether you don't. I just love to, to discuss it because, well, first, it makes me feel like I didn't just imagine it. And second, uh, you mean... Discussion is what this show is all about. So once again, thank you, Evan, for being a part of that discussion. Uh, next up, we got Billy D talking about Excalibur number 26, just last episode. He says, hey, Chris, this one sounded like a struggle. It was great to hear the good feedback from Damian, Walt, and Evan, though. The community is definitely a positive, even when there's a subpar book to talk about. So, is there another reboot coming in April? Or is it just this one book? It's so confusing for me and definitely a huge driver in keeping me away from the new books. Thanks for doing what you do. So let's go point by point. Yes, this was a very rough book. <laughs> this was a struggle. Uh, I didn't... I don't like doing the negative reviews. I always feel like I'm piling on. I, I, I like having the discussion. I like having the debate. But when it's just me... I feel like I can go off the rails. And so part of the struggle is is trying to keep myself in check. Uh, second, the feedback in the community is aces. I love it. Absolutely. It is something that really keeps my head afloat when we have a book that I might not be so keen on. And third, um, the, the reboot thing coming up in April. Now, I want to preface by saying that Billy D is a, is a pretty seasoned comic book fan and enthusiast. And so when a reboot is presented as being quite as nebulous as it's been here, it might be detrimental to the, you know, ultimate goal of getting more readers involved for increasing the readership. It's quite bizarre how they're doing this, but unfortunately in this situation it's kind of necessary, at least in my opinion. I'm not a fan of the reboots. I, like I said uh, not too long ago, a couple of minutes ago, I, I'd love it if we just went back to... Volume 1, Legacy Numbering, you know, tell us exactly where we are here, which would help, you know, current readers, lapsed readers, curious readers. And of course, I understand the allure of a new number one, but uh, the way Marvel and DC do new number ones is, uh, is quite different than the way they used to do new number ones. Going back even like 10 or so years, when you'd get a new number one, you'd get a feeling that it was something, well, new. Here, I mean, we're going to get a whole bunch of new number ones that are continuing from books that were canceled or phased out, which are going to come with a whole lot of backstory, right? Uh, Knights of X, it's coming out of Excalibur. So you can't pick up Knights of X number one and truly appreciate the story that's in Knights of X number one without having an understanding that it came from Excalibur volume four, which encompasses, you know, 26 issues of Dawn of X, X of Tens, and Reign of X. It's a lot of stuff you need to know. There's a big prerequisite for getting the most out of a new series that's launching with a number one. And I mean, this isn't to say that I know the answer or that I'm a bean counter in any, you know, sense of the word. But uh, it, there has to be there has to be an easier way. I just don't know what that way is. Unfortunately, what it all comes down to is uh, is those beans, the dollars and cents, and the fact that a new number one, whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, will sell more than an issue twenty seven. Right? It's just the way it is here, and that's not just for comics. I've you know been recently trying to figure out a way to. Bring some new listenership to this program. 
because right now this is episode 307. So if you discover this show today and you see a tweet or a post somewhere saying, oh, check out X-Lapse number 307, well, you you may think twice. You may think four or five times, you know, thinking like, well, mm, that's a high number. You know, what am I going to have to do to figure out? I mean, we don't have all that many inside jokes, but uh, you, you might want to be on the ground floor for some of it. And so that sent me back to the drawing board here to repackage older content as a way to get people onboarded. You know, we've done the Collected X Lapsed, which started with an episode one, which had more listenership than usual. Then we did the Triple Dip, which is the other repackaging. Did that with a number one, so that one had a little bit more listenership as well. So I think this is just uh, an evil that we're having to deal with. Uh, the new number one is something that's going to happen. It's going to be nebulous. It's going to be slipshot. <laughs> it's not going to be the entry point you want. And how it's the way it's presented will even confuse folks who have been reading comics and following comics for, for decades. So all that to say, is there a reboot coming in April? Well, sorta. Yes, kinda. No, maybe? A little bit. A little bit. Sorta. Anyway, Billy wraps up with, uh, Daily Essential X-Lap sounds great, said in my best Tony the Tiger voice. And, uh, I have to agree. <laughs> I would love to discover three or four more hours in the day to do a, uh, a Daily Essential, even if we just do it for a little while, because... Like I said uh, during last episode when Damien was giving us the, the tour through, you know, his favorite X-Men stories and his, his essential X-Men stories, it really made me miss some of those stories and made me want to revisit them. Some of those stories I haven't read in decades. So, um, yeah, I would love to get the essentials up to, you know, up to uh, the, the Claremont run, up to the Fall of the Mutants, the Mutant Massacre and beyond, uh, but... Uh, there are only so many hours in the day, and I am only one idiot. So unless I get hooked on some sort of a stimulant, I we probably won't have that every day, at least anytime soon. But uh, thank you so much for writing in, Billy. It's always great to hear from you. So that, my friends, is the mailbag. Uh, let's head to some shout-outs here, shouting out the wonderful patrons at patreon.com slash xlapsed. Andrew Franklin, Ed Moore, Walt Nealon, Jeremiah, Jason Colby, The Scary Stuff Podcast, Jesse Young, Damian, Peter McPherson, Mark Yeager, and Andrew in Belfast. Thank you all so much for your support and for believing in this idiot and his little project. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of this idiot and discuss his little project, please, I encourage you to do so. You can find me several different ways. You can find me on Twitter at Ace Comics. Instagram at 90sxmen. You can send an email to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com or call into the X-Lapsed voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, you can head to chrisisoninfiniteearths.com. You could also join the conversation on Facebook. Our little group is 90sxmen. Of course, the complete audio archives are available on all of your podcast aggregation applications. You can search out uh, Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, any of the titles of any of the shows here. You should be able to find us. Or you can go right to the source at chrisandreggie.podbean.com. Finally, there is, of course, the Patreon for behind-the-scenes stuff, exclusive content, and a wonderful group of supportive folks to talk to. That is patreon.com slash xlapsed. But I think that's going to do it for today. I've got a much longer episode than I expected to today. I thought this was going to be a quickie, relatively speaking. But uh, no, we got around a half hour here, so... That's either an indictment on my ability to think on my feet or just my, uh, well, my knack for 
uh, talking way, way, way too much about absolutely nothing. But that will do it for today. I'd like to thank you all so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya. Searching